I just know the, the current song where there's like a twerking tunnel. Wait, 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 what? Hello and welcome to Pet Food Beta, Gamerscape's podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI news, community, and more. I'm Vivi. Moroku is missing in action today. Joining us from Epic Gamer Radio is... Karma! But more importantly, I'm from the Asura, uh, Asura server. Yes. A recent immigrant to the Asura server. Yes. Um, so welcome to the show. Uh, thank you, thank you. Been talking, we've been talking uh, off and on for a little while, and it's good to get you on, finally. Well, we uh, we had a version update this week, and uh, should we? Well, before we talk about the version update, let's talk about the news. There's actually been some news since six days ago when we lasted the show. I know. It's um, good. It's most good of, news too. Yeah, most, mostly around various campaigns. Um, and starting with the most current news item is the June and July version update survey is available. So you can take that if you'd like. The Welcome Back campaign is now live and will be live until September 17th. And so basically what that is, is if you have ever paid for Final Fantasy XI at any point ever in the history of all time, <laughs> you can... Uh, you can <laughs> Sign into your account after downloading probably like a 14 billion terabyte download and then uh, and play for free up until the 17th, which is pretty cool. Similarly, the discount campaign is live for an additional week after that. So until the 23rd, you can pick up Seekers of Adeline expansion pack for $5, something like an 83% discount. The Ultimate Seekers edition is on sale for only $10. And the World Transfer Service is temporarily $10 during that promotion. And that part of the whole promotion, I have serious uh, serious issues <laughs> with because, so help me, it's been five days since I transferred onto the Asura server, and now they come out with that. Right, when was the last... When was the last time they they discounted the world transfer service? Never. <laughs> yeah, it's like you sons of. Actually, I, I take that back. Didn't they recently reduce the world transfer cost? I don't know. Did they? I feel like it used to be. More, I, feel, I feel like it was twenty something dollars, twenty five dollars. I think it might have been. I think it caught it for like eighteen or something. If I remember right, I'll have to go back and look at my credit card. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's all happening. That's all on sale through the twenty third. So if um you're checking out the, the welcome back campaign and you're you're still interested in maybe paying for you know the most recent version or whatever uh or world transfer service you can do so at a limited time only uh discount <laughs> a new video has been posted on the final fantasy 11 youtube channel where shantoto will teach returning adventurers about all the new system changes did you happen to have a chance to look at this i i watched it for some odd reason though i the the voice that they use for shantoto in this i in envisioned it being a whole bunch different than how she acts in Final Fantasy XI. What were you expecting? Uh, a little more, like, less cherubish, a little more, like, forceful, kind of, maybe a little bit a-hole-ish. Yeah, so, so have you played Final Fantasy Dissidia? No, I have not. She is in that and has an English voice actor in it, uh, and she's got the voice of like an older sounding, um, like British woman, and it just that doesn't suit her either. 
<laughs> it's it's weird to ha- to hear a voice for a character that's been around forever, you know, with with no voice acting. Yeah, and then they then they try to put their uh, own spin on it. It's just like, eh, that didn't work. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, I thought this was kind of funny. I don't know really what to think about it. Um, but basically, what it is is if you haven't been playing the game in the past, I don't know, like two or three years or so, um, there's this nice little four minute recap of all of the system changes, introducing returning players to things like the warps, um, the, the warp books, the uh, records of eminence system, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think does a pretty decent job at explaining like, do you want to get into end game? They've worded it better, but if you basically if you want to get into like the current end game stuff, you know, um, you can do records of eminence. You can get this gear, and it, it might not be enough to to, uh, to you know to trump the bad you know the top the hardest of the hardest bad guys, but it'll it'll get you uh, into a position where you're, you'll be able to start participating in that content. Yeah, it, it, it's like they've added a whole bunch of stepping stones in between like once you finally get into Secrets of Adderland like I know when I first came back uh, to Final Fantasy 11 I had taken like a break of like six years uh, mostly because it was back in the days like right after Trash uh, Treasures of Adoragon came out okay. and uh, I had quit at the 75 level cap because somebody hacked my account and they took everything but uh, I finally came back after I saw that they had uh, security tokens and I noticed as soon as you go into Seekers of Adeline, the first couple mobs you fight you're, they're just like ridiculously hard If even if you have like the old level 99 gear yeah when you came back was Seekers already out yeah okay it was like it was before they had come out with like Kamir Drifts and Mari Jami Ravine and Yorsha Wield and all that kind of stuff they uh we're just starting to put that into place but now uh since they have like the sparks gear the records of eminence and all that kind of stuff it gives you a whole bunch more stepping stones to be able to at least uh be able to compete in like a delve or a wilds keeper yeah. get some of that gear and then wear that up until you end up getting up to like the high-end delve gear and whatnot yeah speaking of like adventuring primers they've updated the um adventuring primer uh which you can find on the play online website to kind of be in step with some of the more recent system changes this is really nice i actually happened to first check it out on my mobile device and it's nicely formatted for mobile as well like it'll work on the desktop and everything too but it's just they, a, have it on, they have it on a mobile uh the the adventuring primer is is mobile optimized oh nice yeah so you can have it open and it basically covers a little bit more detail of the stuff that's in the Shantoto video but like I imagine if you're coming back to the game and you just want to have a little guide open um, for kind of getting back up to speed it's perfect for that did a really nice job with it sweet I'm um, check that out then yeah and then the campaign the other campaign that is going on right now is the idyllic is that how do you say that I, I, we're gonna go with that idyllic I think so. idyllic 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 the idyllic uh, Vanadeal initiative is live until September 17th. Uh, and what that is, is double experience points, Mog Pels, which you can trade to the Festive Moogle for various items. Uh, now, here, here's a quick question. The Mog Pels, uh, before, uh, after I came back, I had no idea what these Mog Pels were because they were probably introduced like in between that six year break that I had. What exactly are Mog Pels again? Mog Pels are items that they usually give out uh, for certain events and you trade them to the festive Moogle and you can claim a reward. Now before 
the only one that existed was a gold Mogpal, um, and the, the gold Mogpal you could trade for various types of currency, including guild points. Um, the red Mogpal, which I believe is only given out to players who've had accounts for a certain amount of days um, and and had them active, um, those you can exchange for various items, including some certain trust ciphers, uh, certain like uh, the different wings for skirmish um handful of other items i don't remember exactly all of them and then the green mog pals i believe are for either newer players or players who hadn't been active i don't remember the specifics on those but you get basically like um you know i think mostly event items from other events that you can trade it for like nothing of particular value okay um the dragon quest and final fantasy 14 events are happening again those will be going on until the beginning of october um, Wild Keeper Reeve key items are discounted. I don't know how much. But now, didn't they already lower the price on those quite a bit? Mm-hmm. Like yep. a couple months ago? Now, how much are they discounted down to now? I do not know. Um, but they are less than they were before the campaign. <laughs> <laughs> I, ju- I just get that voice of like the, the crazy sales guy. We're discounting prices. We're slashed them in half. Yeah. <laughs> um, the campaign campaign is back which is uh, you get increased uh, experience points and allied, allied notes for your performance reviews for campaign, as well as um, kind of an increase in the quality of items that can drop from campaign battles, including Fiat Lux, which I believe means, don't quote me on this, uh, but I had heard that if you fight the Shadow Lord in the past during this campaign, Umbral Marrows can drop. Really? Mm-hmm. It's not guaranteed. And it's relatively rare, but people have been claiming that when you fight uh, Shadow Lord, when this campaign was active, at least last time, probably the same this time, um, they were getting like 100 piece dynamic uh, dynamics currencies and umbral marrows. That's already that's already hard enough to get to drop. <laughs> yeah. Um, but thank you, campaign, campaign from the department of redundancy department. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also the Abyssia Atma campaign is back. And basically what that is, is if you have if you don't have uh, the handful of Atmas that are available from this, you will just automatically get them. They include a handful of useful ones. I think like Mounted Champion, which is the Regen one. Um, Voracious Violet, which is... I think that's what it is. Uh, yeah, it's something VV. Uh, I see what uh, I did there. Uh, um, uh, Minic the, Monstrosity and... Yeah, that's like the, the double attack regain one, I think. Um, I don't know, a handful of those and then like some crewer and basically an, enough to get you started with the Abyssia if you haven't already claim, re- claimed that reward before. That way you can go out and like start keying for people, get up to 99 and etc, etc. Well, yeah. Um, and that's it for the campaigns. The big news this week was the version update. Now we talked last episode about all of the little things that were going to be introduced into this so that we could make way for kind of our feedback on actually checking out some of this content. So this episode we will talk about a job adjustment in particular that you've had some experience with. Beastmasters. Now, as far as this update goes, I'm sure you all know that you got six new Beastmaster pets. 
question is, should we either be happy that we got six new pets and start doing a little Moogle dance like they do in the Sandoria festivals where you see the little Moogles dancing back and forth and just be all happy? Or should we go in the corner, play Taylor Swift and start? Yeah. Because once again, uh, we still are like nowhere near balanced as far as like the ranged attack and whatnot jobs. Because it's like Isn't Taylor Swift usually happy music. Well, there's a couple songs where she like gets ticked off about ex-boyfriends and we are never ever getting back together etc etc oh I just know that the current song where there's like a twerking tunnel wait 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 what (laughs) a a twerking tunnel that sounds like something naughty should we oodia that Uh, continue Okay. <laughs> yeah, moving right along. Uh, but yeah, we have what is it, the we have a sheep, we have a lizard, we have a funguar, uh, we have a slug. Uh, yeah, the pets that were added were Warlike Patrick, who's a lizard, rhyming Shizuna, which is a sheep, amiable Roche or Roche, which is a uh, a fish like the puggle. Oh yeah, the jaggle. The jaggle. Brainy Walius, which is the or Brainy Wall Wawi. I don't know how do you say it. The Funguar. Um, another one I can't pronounce, which is a beetle, and then Generous Arthur, which is a slug. Now, with this update, you get six brand new pets. Okay. But who is going to still want to use those when you have to go, when you're going out in the field and you still constantly end up getting overpowered by like summoners or rangers or puppet masters? Like, I've even noticed that my puppet master can actually solo a lot more stuff than my Beastmaster because it has more flexibility whereas uh, the Beastmaster pets yeah they might work good on other uh, enemies with the whole beast correlation and whatnot but the, the damage just isn't there I don't know if I'm like not doing something right even though I have like well let me ask you this like I haven't seen a Beastmaster in what feels like forever um, what content are you doing on Beast? Uh, I've mostly been trying to stick to the older stuff, like maybe like farming Salvage 2 or every once in a while farming like Dynamis on it in case I needed to like get a win or go after the attestations of accuracy like I've been trying to do for my uh, my Ranger since I'm actually going after the uh, Annihilator. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's also a little bit of Walker Echoes, but I noticed even with all the high-end gear that I got for it, like full Relic 119, full AF 119, whole slew of like the 119 axes and the high the high tier pets and these new pets, you go into like the the new Walk of Echoes, which we could probably come up to in a little bit uh, later in the conversation here yeah. for the show. You go out there with a Beastmaster, and it's just like you're still getting like ran over because By the other pet jobs. Exactly. Um, are you using the food that translates to pets as well? Uh, wait, they have food that translates to pets. They do. They have uh, part of the no pun intended, but they have pet food now. Um, ah. Oh wait a minute, that's right. The the pet food, the ones that work for uh, basically like curing food, pet food Zeta. No, 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 not not biscuits. Um, they have like. Oh, yeah. Food that the Beastmaster eats that also buffs the pet. Um, really? Yeah. This, this, this is the first I've heard of this. 
I didn't even know they had stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's new. Um, it's like past couple of updates. A piece of Shiro Moki, which um, that will increase your good stats. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for being ambiguous there. <laughs> it will. Um, it works on the player and the pet. Will increase HP by twenty, vitality by three, accuracy by fourteen percent. Caps at. 70 on the beast master or the the master and speculated that it caps on 140 on the pet so that's significant for accuracy um the other one is the piece of kusamoki um yeah that'll work which will increase your stats by increasing uh, HP by twenty for master and pet, vitality by three, which is the same. But other than, but instead of accuracy, it boosts the attack by about sixteen percent for the master and double that for the pet. It looks like, or no, I'm sorry, percentage is the same, but the cap is about one hundred and thirteen for the pet. And then there are also HQ versions of those foods. So that might be, I don't know if the all the other people that are participating in that content that you were talking about is um, they're using that or not, but it um, seems like that would be a significant boost. Um, the other stuff we we glossed over last episode, Blue Mage has some new spells. Dragoon Wyvern stats are updated as they level up. Um, and the Dancer can now do up to 10 steps, and they have the new Contra Dance ability, which is sort of like the Vine seal for white mage see question that i have about the dancer steps mm-hmm. uh how many like how long do the steps stay active when you uh, like say you use like quick step on an enemy how long do those stay active before they drop off i feel like they're active for about two minutes and every time you stack another one it resets the timer i'm pretty sure oh. so like i know with when they would cap at five before if you just kept like if you had quick step and you kept doing a quick step even though it was that cap it would reset the timer oh see i didn't know that i didn't know about the whole timer thing I, yeah I, no, was just, you, I was wondering you can also stack multiple steps but then you have to kind of keep keep balancing them out so it makes it really challenging like if you want to keep all of the steps active um like quick step box step feather step um exactly all that stuff like then then that becomes a challenge because chances are you're not going to have enough time with your recasts to, to keep them all going Exactly. Um, unless, oh, no. unless you have a dance party. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Impressive. <laughs> but yeah, it seems like if you wanted to focus on like defense down or accu- or evasion down or whatever, um, then it seems like it would be pretty easy to keep that capped with one dancer. Yeah, that w- that would work. Actually, grab like uh, a whole bunch of dancers. You could have a whole bunch of uh, different stat down effects going on instead of having to worry about oh shoot I, I've got to keep my freaking box step up so I got to do this and then yeah. hope that the timer ends up uh, still staying up as you end up going through your whole cycle of dance steps as you're trying to oh go ahead oh well, I, I was just going to say um, that actually kind of uh, moves in nicely to incursion um, strategies for that um, so incursion is the, the new of the new event uh, where you go underground in Certus Caverns. Um, that sounds strangely familiar. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it reuses the Delve Zones um, or Skirmish. <laughs> oh, why is it? Why is that not surprising? But it plays a it, the song choice that uses is like really weird. It's like the the song that's in the original game with you know before any expansions. Um, it's the huh. it's the song that plays whenever something like happens that's very serious in a cutscene. Hmm. 
yeah, I don't. It doesn't make sense. It's not battle music by any means. It's like the like really like sad music. I guess I don't know. It's an interesting song choice. Um, the sad music is that like the same? Not the same music as the one in the uh, where you go inside the crags for uh, going to fight the empties and whatnot. Not no, it's the one that plays. It's like a reprisal of the main theme, like the opening CG cutscene. Oh, yeah. It's a really strange choice. That's odd. Yeah. um, So what? But but anyway, so the way that the event works is you go into Sirtis Caverns um, by way of a hut in Mariami Ravine. The key the key item is really easy to get. You pretty much like attack any Velk and you'll get it within like the first couple tries. Oh, nice. Um, and then you can take three to eighteen players in, and it's sort of similar to Delve uh, in that you walk around and you find kind of like NQ mobs roaming around. Most of them are Velk. A few of them are other random mobs, but it's mostly Velk. Difference is that they all have very, very huge aggro range. So, like, if you turn a corner accidentally, um, and <laughs> they might be, like, the, the target enemy might be, like, 30 to 60 yams out, um, they will aggro you and link. Oh. So that's what makes it a little bit different than Delve is, like, it, it's a little bit like you have to be careful as you're kind of sneaking around corners. Otherwise, you'll aggro like a whole room of mobs. Now, do, they, do they aggro by sight or sound or smell since there's actually... Well, I think they're all true sight, ahead. true sound because it's it's, an, it's a battle event. Um, I'm not sure though. We didn't, I don't think anyone tried sneaking around. But regardless... Huge aggro range, so you have to be careful um, not to aggro stuff you don't want to. Well, what's a little different is, at least so far, I've, and I've only done this once, so I'm not sure what other battle strategies are out there. If you have any, you can email us at foodbeta at gamerscape.com. Blatant plug. Let us know. Um, <laughs> But uh, the way the the group that I went with um, did it was we basically took six blue mages and a Corsair and a Bard. Ooh. (laughs) Random, right? That sounds rather interesting, actually. Well, the way the strategy going in was like pretty much this this guy had done it before and he goes, um, all right, the way we're going to do this is if you don't have magic attack bonus gear, um, then set all of your spells to be AOE stuns and sleep spells. If you do have magic attack bonus gear, um, set your highest damage magical spells. Um, and this basically his strategy was don't melee on them, um, you know, because Blue Mage is a decent DD, you know, um, uh-huh. just without casting magic. But he said, um, don't do that because you'll feed TP to all the mobs, and their TP moves are pretty devastating. They cause amnesia, they remove your gear, all, all sorts of bad Ooh, stuff. I um, hate those ones. So basically, his strategy was to go in with all blue mages, essentially, do AoE stuns, AoE magical spells, and AoE sleep spells. And because blue mage gets like four or five different types of sleep, both light and dark, yeah. uh, basically all the normal quality mobs couldn't get any TP moves off because they were either stunned or slept. <laughs> <laughs> Um, nice. And that worked all the way up until the boss. We ran out of time at the boss because um, we were at that point. We probably should have switched over to uh, TPing on the boss since everybody had like level uh, item level one nineteen weapons. Now, um, now is like what's the time situation? Is it forty five minutes like the other Dells and whatnot? Or I think so. Yeah, and at least I think it was the regular difficulty. Like the difficulty allegedly increases as you repeat the event, um, but. I think we are on like the original, whatever the default setting is. Uh, 
and yeah, I think it's 45 minutes and there's a boss at the end of it, which we ran, we timed out on basically. Oh, um, didn't wipe. Oh, that's uh, good. Well, there's an accomplishment, uh, accomplishment. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess my point with that was like, it seems like if we could just take a bunch of blue mages and some support jobs in there and almost clear it, probably clear it if we just repeated it again right after that. Um, if we could do that, you could probably come up with a bunch of different party formations, like an all dancer group, and be all right. <laughs> that would actually be, yeah, like a dance burn or a warrior uh, fell cleave burn or a or an old school black mage burn. Or yeah, because like with, if you think about it with the dancers, since unless you aggro two rooms at once, if you only aggro one room at a time and you've got like about eight people in your group um, uh-huh. everybody can take their own mob and more or less keep them stun locked with flourish violent uh-huh. flourish uh, yep um, and you know then when it comes time to the boss if everyone takes a different step you might be able to land some pretty significant like debuffs uh, yeah I know right with uh, ten with uh, the ten step stacking that there right. is now yeah and then to my knowledge um, there's no resistance to steps it's only accuracy issues like if you miss and it doesn't go off, but my knowledge, there's no resistance to steps as long as you can land it. Very nice. So, yeah. So, Incursion, um, I have to check it out a little bit more and to really get more of a take on it. But so far, I like it. It's something a little bit different, but... Um, and it's challenging, but not so challenging. Kind of like the whenever the um, the new skirmish came out, or, or not even the the alluvian stuff, the um, the Rakasnar skirmish. I felt like it came out an, at an appropriate difficulty level, where it was completable but challenging. Yeah, that would be good. Um, and uh, kind of gives. Uh, what was I about to say? Anyways, moving right along. Moving right along. So the other event that was added in this update is the new Walk of Echoes, which I understand that you've been yeah, participating I, yeah. in. I've been doing this ever since the update came down for it because uh, I've been trying to get all like the liminal uh, liminal residues and the devious die and all that kind of stuff for the uh, old Walk of Echoes weapon skills. Mm-hmm. And from what I've noticed with Walk of Echoes, it's still pretty much the same idea as the old Walk of Echoes, except now the difficulty level is between like 119, 120, 121, depending on... Uh, which tier of the uh, Walk of Echoes uh, complexes that you're going to. I think it was like the first, like, I can't remember if it was like the first six or the uh, first seven or something like that. They were 119. You go up to that next tier just before the gate. Those are like 120, and the ones behind the gate are 121. Uh, you go in, it's basically uh, the whole free-for-all kind of deal that you had before. Everybody has 45 minutes to be able to clear the walk. One thing that you also have, though, is a special conflux that is in the middle of the area. It is it's called the Echo Disseminator. And that'll give you a brief overview of which confluxes are about to be surged, which will give that extra added difficulty to it, and which ones are going to be endowed walks. And what the endowed walk is, uh, depending on the percentage level of the endowed walk that you see on the disseminator, it's a given percentage chance of you being able to get a whole slew of temporary items randomly added to your inventory. Yeah, it's not unlike after you've got all the key items for uh, for Void Watch, right? It's like 
you get like body boost, um, wizard yeah. strength, or not body boost, but giant strength, wizard strength, like yeah, that that, that whole slew of mega them. elixir. And sometimes you might actually get like a revitalizer. And I've noticed there's actually times where you can get uh, the uh, a primeval brute too. Yeah, but that was in the original Walk of Echoes, but not this this concept where you get a ton of items all at once. Like that's, that's new to, that's only when it becomes surged, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it's surged, you could still get the, you could, there's just a whole random, like vomiting of those, uh, random, uh, uh, random temporary key, uh, the temporary items they're able to use. Uh, and those will end up coming out dependent on the percentage that you have for the endowed. So like you could actually sit there, look and see, uh, when you're looking at the disseminator, it'll show surge and it'll show endowed. Uh, when it says surge, if the little star is lit up, that means it's going to be a surged walk. When you're looking at endowed and it has a little star, that'll end up uh, showing that you're going to end up getting that uh, the vomiting of the uh, special uh, temporary items. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and from the drops that I've seen by the end, when you end up going to the chest, it's like night and day difference as to how often you're getting stuff that you might actually want or need. Like since the update came down, uh, I've noticed that I'm constantly getting frayed pouches of something, mm-hmm. whether it be liminal residues or devious dyes or coin pouches or something depending on how much you participate in the walk. So say like you're going in there guns ablazing as a ranger and you're killing all kinds of stuff. The more you participate, the more it seems like you might actually get something good out of the chest. Yeah. I was but, notice, I was noticing it. It seems like at the very, very least you'll get a pouch of something and some random coins and stuff like that. And rarely ever is if it's a, you know, endowed or a surged one where you, you'll just walk away with like logs. <laughs> exactly. Like the, the worst that I've done was like at least a coin of ruin and a coin of advancement. But if you participate less or say like you go into one of the walks, uh, say like you go into walk one and you just immediately get ran over by the caldera crabs like I just did just before we started this uh, recording. You go in there, you get completely ran over, you're double weak as a ranger, so you won't be able to hit the broadside of a barn with a missile. Uh, if you just have to sit back and do nothing, you're going to get less rewards. You're going to get less limit points, less capacity points. Oh yeah, that's another thing that we forgot to mention. Um, I, I don't, I don't recall reading it in the the pre-update notes, but capacity point bonuses are like really significant for these. Oh yeah, like uh, at the end of the different walks that are surged uh, for full, if you get the full points, you could at least get three thousand capacity points. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've seen that if you really do something as far as like killing something major, like maybe killing one of the bosses in one of the walkabackers, you might get an extra 100 capacity points. I don't know if it has something to do with that or yeah, if I, I got, just... The most I got was 3.1k once. I don't yeah, know what, it, what I did special, but... It, it might have been that you at least killed something. 
I think that one I did kill an NM. So it was in the Flux 13. It was one of the harpies. Oh, yeah. Those harpies are evil. Yes. But uh, yeah, I noticed that if you end up killing something major or you end up doing something major for that walk, you might get that extra little uh, 100 capacity points. And at least from my personal experience, if you start cresting over that 3,000 capacity points, the drops from the chest seem to be a lot better. Yeah. Like and, you end up getting a, oh, go ahead. Uh, yeah. And I was just going to say like our kind of, our speculation was kind of correct in that assuming that the, the item drops are going to be basically HQ versions of the original walk of echo stuff, which is more or less the case, right? Yeah. At least as far as like the, the pouches of stuff. Now I know there, there's gotta be a few, uh, plus one items that you can get. I know I had. Oh, let me look it up in the uh, items. I had a like a dragon neck piece that was a plus one that had. Yeah, I, uh, I know that there's like the wind buffet belt plus one, which I think a lot of people were excited about, which adds like five defense and one percent extra quadruple attack, which. On the surface, doesn't sound all that impressive, but people in my link show were like trying to explain to me how one percent extra of quadruple attack is like twenty five percent extra double attack or something. Like I don't, I didn't understand that. I'll take their word for it. That yeah, it was significant. Yeah, math is hard. Math is but math I, and words are hard. Exactly. But uh, actually, I had gotten the Ardor pendant plus one uh, defense plus uh, defense. 12 HP plus 40 magic accuracy plus 7 breath damage dealt plus 10%. I don't know if that would be worth anything, but I know there's got to be more stuff in there, but uh, it seems like those item drops are like were rare. Mm-hmm. Like maybe like 1-2% of the drops would yeah. uh, end up being that, but it, it has the potentials to be really, really good. I've, it's been really popular so far on our server. I know that um, I went last night. I did it like a C, you know, slash S E A in the in the zone. Yeah, exactly. There was seventy people in the zone, um, and there was. I noticed when the high Q version of Flux fifteen opened up, um, there was it, it reached the limit of thirty two players like instantly. People were locked out of it, which I've never experienced in any yeah. content. <laughs> they, they, they've had they've had that same problem over here on Asura except it's more like anything that surged like you'll have the whole group of people gathering around real close around the walk and then as soon as it says as soon as it gives that little message down at the bottom of a howl or whatever comes from flex zone so like all of a sudden everybody's just like enter 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 and they're all trying to get into it at the mm-hmm. same time. And then, like, maybe a quarter of the people are just sitting there left out. They're just like, oh. Yeah, well, it's cool. I mean, Walk of Echoes definitely seems to be the, the most popular uh, thing that was added since this update. And for good reason. It's a great way, to, at the very least, to get a capacity points. Um, you can make some decent gill, even just with the, the Imperian weapon skill um, items. Yeah, like and, the liminal residue, DDS yeah. die, the coins. Yep. I've actually been I've been thinking about spending mine on trying to get like maybe the the ninja was a blade high. Blade high is awesome. Yeah, I've been thinking about going that way and thinking about possibly gearing up my ninja just for shiggles. Yeah, ninjas ninjas pretty good. Okay, uh, moving right along, that takes us into Dev Tracker gems. Um, this week for Dev Tracker, there was another uh, freshly picked Vanna deal. As at least as far as I could tell from the translation and. English, there was no new items announced in that. It was just kind of a recap of the current version update. 
Uh-huh. Um, and then the the other stuff, primarily in the dev tracker, that was commented on, and I'm kind of recapping from a couple week going back all the way a couple of weeks uh, there was basically a lot of um we currently have no plans to dot 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 and i'll run through this list there are no plans to introduce high level black belt uh, there is no there are no plans to introduce a high level version of the black belt there are no plans to introduce trusts from other final fantasy games Aww. there are no plans to introduce magic burst animations yeah. There are no plans to enable a feature to sort items by item level on the auction house. So like the eye level stuff, basically. Um, there are no plans to increase high tier elemental magic damage. Now, it, it, why are people asking for that? You already are able to do almost a thousand damage with a tier one spell. And you're really complaining about your tier four and tier five spells. Well, people, people were asking about that because it was some Something that they had mentioned that they would be implementing in the future and they hadn't said anything about in a while so I guess their official word was that those plans are no longer in place oh good um, the, there are no plans to be able to spend merits outside of the Mog House Mog Garden um, which on one hand is kind of bummer on the other hand I could see how people could um, take advantage of that using uh, illicit third party tools there are also currently no plans to introduce double nizzle tokens or Ikor Icor uh, events that's the currency you get from Eneryar Eneryar yeah something <laughs> right um, there are currently no plans to introduce Zenny Notorious Monster Warps, which, okay, whatever. <laughs> eh, isn't it kind of like uh, the Treasures of Otterkon version of Void Watch? Yeah, yeah. It would make it would make sense if they could do it, but I can see why they don't want to do it. So I'm just like, yeah. Eh. People are already making Mythics faster than ever before, so they got to keep some sort of grind in there. I guess travel even yeah. at 25 percent faster is a little bit you know and there's there's even more warps now than there used to be because you've got all the void watch warps to otter gone areas yeah. you've got new home point crystals in some of the otter gone areas with the new battlefield so there's still gotta be a pain in the butt somewhere I'm sure yeah I'm trying to think of any of that would be a legit pain in the butt to get to and I, off the top of my head the only one I can think of is like that fish that's in um, the Argopogo reef oh okay yeah where you have to like go through you, this big maze to get to it then you have to go through like a couple doors that you need a key that drops yeah. from something out by a lake or whatever. Yeah, I'm sure there's a few more people are screaming into their headset right now as they're listening going, you're forgetting whatever. Yeah, I know. Um, um, I'm just trying to fill in for the time being. <laughs> yeah. There are also no plans to adjust Batuita or Inquartata, uh, which are the rune fencer ability and um, traits. Aren't you just bummed? Well, <laughs> not really. I mean, with the the relic and AF gear, um, at least Batuita, that at least is is pretty significant. So you know, some people are complaining. I saw on the forums about like how, oh, why do why do you keep responding with we currently have no plans to and. My take on that is, at least they're telling us <laughs> that they have no plans as opposed to reminding, remaining silent on it. Yeah, it's better to tell you that they have no plans to do it other than just to completely ignore you. Yeah, which I think was a, the biggest criticism of the, the community team. Not so much in the last year and a half, but prior to that, is there, they would kind of remain silent on a lot of issues um, for long periods of time. But 
ever since um, Matsui took over, I feel like the, com the, the community team has been like extremely responsive. And even more so recently, there's a new community team member. They've just been like, it seems like every other day they're responding to a handful of stuff in, in there. There's an obvious difference between the community team and customer service. Oh, the stories that I have about customer service. Yeah. <laughs> but we won't get into that. Yes, this is Gamer Escapes Podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI news, community, and more. Not customer service anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, only, good, only good vibes. Um, so that'll take us into in-game. Um, what have you been doing in-game besides Walk of Echoes? Oh, I have recently been working on my Corsair Relic Gear. Okay. Uh, I just recently got the third piece out of five so far. It's going to be the, uh, the fifth full set of uh, 119 Relic Gear that I've got. Uh, so it'll be in addition to Ranger, uh, Samurai, Puppet Master, and Beastmaster. Nice. Uh, I've also gotten back to work on going after my Annihilator, seeing as how I already have the, the 119 Relic set for Ranger. I figure it's going to be even more ridiculous once I get the uh, Annihilator and I'm able to just like go snapshot crazy on people mm -hmm. uh other than that uh just recently came over to the sura server from the other fight club server uh who i shall not mention lord have mercy on their souls um got into uh hanging out with the people from the reddit link shell it's the first link shell that i've seen where you actually have to take the link shell uh, the link pro off if you have to go afk just in case the link shell is about to be filled up so people can actually have a even chance to get into the link shell i'm just like wow because oh, it caps out at what 60 something uh, uh 64 i think we never had that problem on the other server that i was on i've never ever seen that problem or even heard about that problem that's cool yeah so you take the link pearl off if you go afk and you put the link pearl back on once you finally come back it's like one of the unwritten rules of the uh reddit link shell but hi everybody from reddit that's cool uh, other than that, uh, nothing much, uh, nothing serious to know. How about you? Um, I finally completed all of my coalition assignments for my Rune Fencer Ergon weapon. Um, Yay! Yeah, so I did, was finally able to start the actual quests for them and unloaded like 3,000 high purity bald <laughs> already. <laughs> Um, Good lord. Yeah, and like all of my obsidian fragments and like it's so... So to, to recap, I wasn't quite sure how this would work because there weren't a lot of um, things posted online about it. Um, but I actually did start a wiki page on the Gamerscape wiki to recap the Ergon requirements. And basically what it comes down to is you talk to a respective NPC, depending on if you're doing the Rune Fencer or the Geomancer one, start the quest... Um, and then the first set of requirements are three Delph boss uh, items, like okay. craft crafting items that you get. Um, now, is it, the, is it like the the is it Tojil, then the bee and the shark? It, it yes, it is. Okay. And then you um, you have to turn in a hundred high purity bald, and you have to turn in two hundred ghastly stones. Ooh, normal quality. Um, oh, okay. That's at least okay. Yeah, and then the next stage. Is 
is, or and then you have to do a BC fight at least for Rune Fencer. I assume for Geomancer too. Mm-hmm. BC fight was actually challenging. Um, and then you do the next stage is 500 high purity bulb. Um, 200 of the second type of stone from skirmish that starts with the V and is green. I can't remember. Verd- uh, Verdigris. Verdigris. Yeah, that sounds right. And then three more crafting items. And then you have to, uh, yeah, so then you turn that in and I, then you have to go find like a runic overflow out in the field. It's probably something ge- different for Geomancer. Okay. Um, and then you get like an interest, kind of interesting cutscene. Um, and then you do the nope. next stage. No, so there's no burning circle fight after that. There's no BC fight for stage two or three. Oh, okay. Um, and for the stage three, you have to turn in 2,500 high purity bald. Ugh, yeah, that's starting to get ridiculous. And then you have to turn in um, three more crafting items, and the um, you have to turn in 200 uh, of the whaling stones. And then same deal. Go go out in the field, find this 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 thing in Mariami Ravine, get a cutscene, and then you have the second to final stage weapon. So the final stage of the Ergon weapon is nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine high purity bald. Oh sweet baby Jesus. <laughs> um, there are. I think actually I might have some of this wrong because for this stage there's the 200 whaling stones. So one of the previous stages there isn't. Isn't it? Rec- I don't remember. I'm I'm getting uh, something mixed up. Probably. Well, you know more about Rune Fencer than most of us. Um, as I haven't really done Rune Fencer at all. I think. May- I think actually the way that it works is the high purity. The the 100 high purity bald has no crafting item or stone requirement i think it's just the high purity bald in the bc fight and then okay you have like the two rounds with crafting items and stones and then the the final phase is the 200 whaling stones 2500 high purity bald and then you have an item that you purchase with 2.5 million plasm that's a a non-drop so you can't buy it like on the auction house or something uh, and that I don't quite have enough plasm yet, um, but I'm close. I have like 1.8 million plasm. Oh, that's gonna be brutal. Um, well, thankfully, I knew about or I knew the rumor about that like way long ago, so I haven't been spending any plasm. Um, uh-huh. So I'm you know a handful of runs away from from hitting 2.5 million, and then the no. I'm like 8k away for in terms of high purity bail. Uh, now refresh my memory the high purity bail that's the stuff that you get from like wilds keeperies and you could also trade in what is it ten thousand bailed for one high purity build yep and you can also get pouches of to drop in some of the later wilds keeper reeves like at oh, least really? i know for sure Kamir drifts um i'm pretty sure it'll also drop in like um the uh the Yorkshire wield and mariama ravine ones oh and uh, it, it'll drop pouches in the wilds keeper reeves mm-hmm. oh that must be new it is new, yeah. It's new as of like two updates ago or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Because I haven't, I haven't seen any of those pouches drop yet. And they're like they're extremely, extremely rare. Yeah, kind of like the uh, gear drops in Wag of Echoes. All right, cool. Yeah. Um. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'm on the final stage, and what was cool, I didn't realize that the the final or the second to last upgraded stage of the weapon is actually like pretty decent. Um, it's not completely useless like the relic. Ah. 
Um, <laughs> even back in the day, like when it capped at 75, it was still, you know, until you get the final version. Well, I guess that's not true for Relics. With Relics, if you go in Dynamis, the second to final version was pretty close to the, the final thing, just not outside of Dynamis. Yeah, that, uh, what, like, I think it was what is it, the third version of the uh, the the third version of the relic weapons you could actually start using the uh, uh, the weapon skill yeah inside dynamis mm-hmm. which is so, kind of cool so I'm looking at the second to final stage of, of the ergon weapon it's item level 119 it's called the lexem blade um, damage is 231 which is like 30 less than the job specific um, great sword for ring fencer uh-huh. delays Two, uh, or sorry, four eighty nine. Okay. Great sword and parrying skills plus two hundred and forty two. Magic accuracy skill is plus two fifteen. Enmity plus ten and physical damage taken uh, minus three percent, which is also cat breaking. So um, uh, nice. Just a just a hair not as good as like the JSE uh, weapon. Um, and then obviously the final stage is like ridiculous because you get like the cap breaking 25% physical damage taken and all that stuff. Oh, wow. No wonder you're going after that. Yeah. It's, you can, so you can get 75% physical damage taken with the rune fencer ergon weapon. Yeah. Rune fencer with the, the mythic equivalent will be like uh, pretty nutty, especially because the aftermath is the same as the mythic aftermath. So you get your attack bonus, occasionally attacks twice or thrice and your accuracy bonus slap on a defending ring and just go to town like, yeah. <laughs> yeah just be like haha who needs stone skin i am stone skin <laughs> pretty much yeah so um yeah so i've been working on that and you know just kind of checking out some of the new content and um I, man it's crazy i emptied now that i was able to turn in all of those items i had like at one point today my inventory was like 11 out of 80 in my main bag was all high purity bailed no, 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 I had 11 items out of 80 in my main oh, inventory oh, because wow. I had unloaded so much stuff I'd been hanging on to. Takes us to emails. We've got two emails this week. Um, and this first one was pretty long, so I'm sorry, but I'm paraphrasing a couple parts of it. Um, a, and a fan, in quotes, writes, um, regarding salvage bans, I think the scope of this exploit was too great for it to be solved even by permabanning the guilty parties. Um, besides doing nothing for the effect it had on the Alexandrite market, many people doing this had the foresight to not only do exploits on POL accounts, wholly separate from their mains. Uh, additionally, Square Enix did not hand out bans until a couple of days after the exploit was fixed, so the exploiters were able to see the writing on the wall and move their Alex and Gil stocks off vulnerable characters. Um, I think Square Enix... I think what Square Enix's approach to dealing with the widespread exploit like this should be is to remove any benefit games from having cheated. Most people involved in this received short bans and will return to characters with hundreds of millions of ill-gotten Gil not to mention remaining Alex and finished mythic weapons. A good solution would be to roll back these characters to status quo, but finding the main characters of people who use this exploit would be tricky, and ultimately this would not help legitimate salvage farmers who lost millions of gill to the drop in Alex prices, nor would it help players sitting on half-finished mythics as Alex prices rise to match the reduced supply. The fairest thing I could think of to do would be to take every Play Online account with any third-party program violations and allow one character on that account to speak with the dealer Moogle and receive the cat's eye, which if you don't know what the cat's eye is, that's something that you can get from Mog Bonanza that is the equivalent of 
the 30,000 Alexandrite, but is rare and exclusive, so you can't sell it for profit. You can only use it towards your mythic. Um, so this would remove the advantage gained by people having cheated to obtain a mythic weapon um, and reduce the disadvantage faced by players who began weapons not knowing that the supply was artificially inflated. I thought the cat's eye thing was like a good point. It, 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 it has a good theory to it. The only thing that I have a problem with, though, still, I think just like Moroku, I think it was Moroku that had mentioned it before, about how there were permabans in the beginning for people who had just been exploiting code that was already there. Yeah. That, that was messed up. But now these people are using third-party tools, whatever kind of fight club it is, but they're using a third-party program to specifically mess with the game mechanics and they're only getting a temporary ban and they're still able to keep their stuff, that seems really unfair. My, my take on it is if this game was like, if there were queues to log in because there were so many players on, I would totally see the justification for placing permanent bans on this kind of stuff. Um, but because there's not, there's fewer players and um, the exploit was something that is really like, yeah, people were using third party tools, but at the same time, it was a mechanic that they were exploiting. They weren't like changing the code of the game. Do you, does, does that make sense? Uh, kind of. Like they weren't, they weren't, um, they're going wild west style. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess my stance on it was like pretty much perma banning players in 2014, unless they're like stealing credit card information and stuff like that would like means that would call like means for prosecution uh, okay. type level behavior. I just don't think that there's any perma bannable offense. Um, unless it's like people being so unruly, like to where they're like harassing people online, you know, um, that I think is like deserving of a perma ban. But like for this kind of thing, it's like, yeah, Square Enix should have seen that people are, you know, slaying these bosses like a dozen times in one salvage run, patch that up pretty quick, um, and give them a slap on the wrist. And um, I think that that's acceptable, but I think it's okay to agree to disagree. Um, he uh, the he wraps up the email and so, or she wraps up the email and says, "Glad you brought brought back the show. Keep up the good work." Um, so thank you. Sutero from Quetzalcoatl. Hey, that's my server, right? Uh, hey! Hello. Um, I just got back to the game about a month ago now and wanted to say it's good to be able to listen to people talk about Eleven. Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, about Inner Rakasnar. It's indoors. It's just very deep underground. The elevator in Outer Rakasnar... Rakasnar. <laughs> the elevator... <laughs> The elevator in Outer Rakasnar has the option for Descend, which takes you to Inner. While that's interesting, though, there's a doorway at the bottom floor of Inner Rakasnar, um, which he had a screenshot of. Um, I, I think that's after you end up going past all the different uh, colonization reefs that are down in Inner Rakasnar. Yeah, it's it's the place that actually reminds me of um, Doom. Oh, yeah, that's it, right. It's very big and metal and looks spaceshipy. According to some of the later's later missions text, um, brief spoiler alert: uh, this seems like it'll lead into Rakasnar Turris and AKA Hades Throne Room. There are also a couple of islands with rooms that seem to be inaccessible at the moment, which I personally believe will be the battlefield of the seventh Nakual. Um, it does seem like the storyline is wrapping up, according to the last mission notes. And by the way, I'm Sutaro on the Quetzalcoatl server. I remember you mentioning that you played on the server as well, so send me a tell sometime. I will. 
I love talking about the lore of the game. Anyways, keep up the good work on the show. Thanks, Sutaru and PS. Uh, I stream a lot of the time I'm playing, so check out my Twitch channel sometime, twitch.tv slash kaze87. Um, so thanks for that email. You had something you wanted to say about your oh, yeah. tinfoil hat theory? Exactly. I had heard you mentioning about the whole tinfoil hat thing, about the possible ending of Seekers of Adeline. I've been going through some of the lore. I've seen some of the hints. My personal belief, I know I'm probably uh, going to get that the ending of Seekers of Adelin is going to have something to do with Necron from Final Fantasy IX. Which is the, isn't he some sort of version of Garland? Uh, I think so. It, I know it's the... Uh, the I now I need to look this up. Yeah, I know. I had had a page of it before. Uh, I had a page that had... Hey, oh God! My, I'm so, having a total brain fart right now. Necron, uh, okay. Necron is liter- which literally translates to eternal darkness, which is similar to the cloud of darkness, Final Fantasy three and fourteen. Um, is the final boss of Final Fantasy nine appearing in the Hill of Despair and represents death itself? So, not a far fetched idea because isn't that sort of lock and step with Hades? Exactly that, and it's also you have to climb a tower to be able to get to him and then I think uh, if, if I remember right it was in Final Fantasy IX where there were the two towers and one of the towers had uh, what was that one boss I, I remember you guys saying something about it yeah so there's Memoria which is the place that's made up of people's memories um, and that it's a, t- it's a tower that leads to the crystal world in nine. so that that takes us to plugs so um if you would like to tweet at us you can do so at pet food beta at, uh, just at pet food beta <laughs> on twitter uh, or you can email us at pet food beta at gamerescape.com uh, you can also always check out the final fantasy auction house microsoft paint challenge this week's theme is classic friend moments um you can do that in the fan art section at ffxih.com and uh, people can find more from you at epicgamerradio.com on the next level live show. Yeah, uh, I do a uh, I do a internet radio show over on epicgamerradio.com. It's called the Next Level. Uh, it's what is the up, next level? Uh, it's myself as the human co-host, and I co-host it with artificial intelligence. I won't tell you how I do it. It's all through the magic of radio. Uh, but I host it with uh, three little uh, minions of mine. There's Kimmy, which stands for Karma Industries Music Management Intelligence Experiment. Uh, then there's also Kimmy's twin, who's known as Gemini. And then there's the little kid of the show, who we'd like to call the, uh, the cookie-powered superhero known as Gizmo, which stands for General Information System Management Operation. And it's basically like a morning zoo kind of uh, show. Meets or, Mystery and, Science Theater 3000. Exactly. Uh, we, we've done a whole bunch of different themed episodes. We have all kinds of like uh, funny games that we play to give away prizes on air. We've had uh, specials that we do. Like I know uh, for the past two Christmases, we've had uh, a Merry Kimmy Christmas where one year we had... 
the artificial intelligence, learning what it was like to enjoy Christmas and learning what Christmas means to people. And then uh, we've had uh, like a March Madness competition where we had all kinds of like uh, trivia that we did. But it's going on almost two years now. It'll be November by the time we end up uh, having our two year anniversary. So hopefully, hopefully you all end up uh, coming, having some fun on the show. Sure. Yeah, it'll be awesome. If uh, Joe doesn't oversleep, <laughs> which I wonder where he is, yeah, um, he, he's leveling up his sleep go too. Yeah, this this is the so this is the second time that we've we've scheduled a, to have a guest on, and it's the second time in a row where Moroku has been missing in action. Oh, I, I see how it is. Uh, he, he just hates me, doesn't he? He hasn't heard my voice yet, and he already hates me. He, I guess, he just doesn't like anybody else except for himself. So. Um, <laughs> Such a prima donna. Uh, so anyway, um, yeah, this has been Pet Food Beta, and uh, I guess you can uh, you can check us out next time around whenever the next version update is, which I guess is next month in October. Yeah, hopefully, you can, uh, hopefully uh, at least filled in somewhat amiably, and you might have me back. Yes, thank you. It was uh, it worked out. So uh, we'll catch you next time on Pet Food Beta. 